0: Hello and welcome back to the Stadio Podcast. I'm Musa Kwonga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, long time no see. (laughs) (laughs) In the flesh, yeah. I've not seen you for ages. This is weird actually, the thought that I may not actually see friends of mine for months. Like in a group.
1: When will I see you
0: again? (laughs) (laughs) How are you doing? you got a bright pink t-shirt on today. I do. I'm really rocking out. I went went shopping yesterday and it was really surreal. um, Because... (laughs) Where once before you could just walk in and shop, there's now like a half hour to again. So I thought, screw this, I just got some falafel and halloumi and went
1: home. Oh, no. uh, um, before we do start, first of all, I want to hope that everyone's all right. For sure. Hope you're all staying safe, washing your hands, listening to loads of podcasts. <laughs> Seems like a lot of you have been listening to ours because we've had our two biggest days ever, Monday and Tuesday, in terms of daily listens. Which is cool.
0: Well, there's, there's no accounting for taste, right? I know. <laughs> desperate times,
1: desperate measures.
0: <laughs> you know what it's like? I hope our podcast isn't like, you know when you're like, <laughs> you've run out of all the other food yeah. in your fridge, so you start experimenting. Yeah. <laughs> you, re- you finally reached
1: to the back of the cupboard and found this kind of, this old tinned stew that you'll just bung <laughs> in the microwave. That's basically <laughs> what our podcast is everyone has run out of other things to listen to so they finally started listening to Stadio
0: <laughs> that dodgy liqueur <laughs> <laughs> creme de month like, like 8 yeah, exactly. year old creme de month ooh should I drink this, it's so bad you text your friend you're like oh should I, should I try this,
1: <laughs> do you know what I think we might, I might put a competition out there, first person to leave us a review on Apple podcasts as the creme de month of podcasts gets a, <laughs> gets a shout out on Twitter
0: oh that's that's absolutely right that should be great no but joking aside thank you like we're we're being a bit silly but thank you so much like honestly for listening um the response has been really lovely
1: yeah we're we're glad that we can at least contribute something (laughs) i don't know what it is
0: yeah just try to try to try to break do what it is it's trying to break up the monotony i feel yeah because it does those long hours inside they do kind of wear on you after a while so
1: yeah even put it this way at least it's 45 minutes less of the day that you have to fill.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have to do some admin though, because we've got some Mob stuff. Oh ah, yes, we do. So the next few shows or, well, yeah, probably the, the shows for the foreseeable future are going to be these kind of conceptual shows like we did the What If. We're going to do a couple more What Ifs. The one today, a couple next week. And what we're going to do is we're going to follow each episode up with a little follow-up piece that's exclusive within Fotmob the app so if you haven't downloaded it it's available on apple android go to your app store download fopmob you can set the alert so you'll see the follow-up article pop up in your alerts and we're going to be doing some really fun stuff actually we've got some fun stuff planned it's exciting we announced the superheroes and supervillains one which we're doing today and next week yep but maybe the one after that i think is going to be super fun me and moose are going to go lebron and Giannis. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, we are
1: <laughs> head to head.
0: Any other admin? If you like the podcast, please review. There you go on Apple Podcasts because it really helps to grow the podcast. <laughs>
1: oh, I just really- count yourselves lucky, everyone, that you can't see what I am seeing right now, which is moose's smug mug <laughs> looking at me.
0: So happy, so happy, I get to see
1: that. Right. So today, yes, we are doing the ultimate supervillain eleven. Yeah, we are indeed. Before we go into it though, in part two, we're going to, instead of asking for questions this week, we asked for people to suggest teams that we missed off from last episode, the greatest league of all time. And we knew that some people would come after us about certain things because we did that question on the fly. So we didn't have any time to prep. All of that stuff you heard was recorded in one take. Obviously there was a, there yeah. was a little bit of editing, but yeah, we didn't re- we didn't research any teams before or come up with a plan. It was basically just done there and then. So...
0: I'm just laughing because someone said, oh, how about Milinaros of the 50s for Musa for that hipster taste? And I'm like, when did-, <laughs> when-, <laughs> when-, <laughs> when did I become the hipster? I actually felt that deep in my core. I was like, oh my God. Guilty as charged. Guilty as charged.
1: Musa's not a hipster.
0: <laughs> Many things.
1: I've had the pleasure of sitting opposite him in the flesh. He's not a hipster.
0: not a Oh God, <laughs> now it feels like an insult. Um, no, but the, the teams we chose for the league were just teams that we found that they resonated with us. And that, I guess, was the purest reaction.
1: And also, to be honest, any I could remember. Because there was at one point yeah. I was a bit like, oh shit, I think I'm running out of teams that I actually remember here. It's the classic thing where someone says, what's your favourite tune? Or what's your favourite album? And you're like, uh, I have no idea. Or someone says, oh Ryan, put a tune on. You're like, um... Uh, I don't know. But then afterwards, you're always thinking of music.
0: Yeah, that's that's true. And also the thing about, um, there are teams I didn't mention on the podcast I thought about, but didn't mention out loud because I'm like, no, I wouldn't want to watch them. Like, And I thought about a couple of them. I was like, no, they they wouldn't. If you had to make me watch a league of 20 clubs all time, There'd be a couple that were suggested that I would add in, actually, I would say.
1: I think, that to be honest, I think all of the shouts that we had back, bar a few, were super good. And actually, they could have been in there.
0: I agree with that. Yeah, for sure. There were some great but, ones.
1: yeah, there's no right or wrong. That's the great thing about all of this imaginary hypothetical crap. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you can't prove it wrong. Whereas this, they'll come at us for this, for sure. Oh, I, know. I can already this. feel
0: it. Here we go. Here we go. Let's plough in.
1: Right. So, the ultimate supervillain 11. So you and I have made some notes beforehand of some players that we want to go in there. Yeah. Do we have any rules for this? What are the rules? Or, or maybe explain, instead of rules, your thinking on the suggestions that you've picked.
0: So here's my thinking about a supervillain 11. It has to be an 11 Which Let's assume that football is played in multiple alternate universes and dimensions. This would be a team that whatever universe you put it in, whatever conditions, rainy, wet, or hot and dry, mountaintops, desert, any... Team, you any context you put this team in, this team of supervillains would beat pretty much anyone, apart from the superheroes about to nominate uh, next week or next podcast. Yeah, and villainy is one thing, but supervillainy is something else. So you can't just be someone that runs around kicking people. There has to be a strategy to it. You have to be someone who is actively calculating. It doesn't mean you're necessarily dirty. I mean, you could be, that mm. helps. But it means that there is something about you which, if you watch the person play football or talk about football, there's something which is just slightly morally askew <laughs> or, or pragmatic or extremely pragmatic. Should we choose a formation and a coach and a stadium? Or yeah,
1: we'll do it. We'll you- do it. I think the, the, the ones that I picked were more from, yeah, there were some absolute filthy bastards at this. <laughs> the kind of players that you absolutely despise. Until they sign for your club and then you love them.
0: Oh, wow. You've gone down that road. That's interesting. Yeah. That's very interesting. Okay. That's interesting.
1: So, I mean, maybe we'll save the coach and the stadium.
0: Yeah. For me, there can be only one coach, but we'll go, we'll go to that in a moment.
1: Well, I think we might disagree on this, actually.
0: I think we will. I think yeah. we definitely will.
1: But also think of supervillains in movies. Not You don't hate all of them. Yeah. There's a grudging respect. Some supervillains you really don't like, but some you actually Kind of dig. I really like some of my villains, my super villains.
0: I mean, they probably like steal my wallet. <laughs>
1: you know, villainy ain't such a bad thing in this concept. All right, so let's pick a formation then. Should we go 4-3-3? Three, three?
0: Yeah, let's do it. All right, who have you got for goalkeeper? Roberto Rojas.
1: Ooh.
0: Yeah, the man that tried to get Brazil thrown out of the World Cup by pretending <laughs> that he didn't hit by a firework. <laughs> and he cuts, his own, but he cuts his own face with a razor he has hidden in his sock. I mean, you can't get greater villainy than that in context. In terms of goalkeeping villainy, an act of strategic cruelty, I don't think it gets more villainous than that. So he is my number one. He was a brilliant goalkeeper. The players I've chosen are also, were also unbelievable footballers. So he was someone who was so brilliant, like incredible shot stopper, but his Chile team didn't have quite enough to get them over the line in the qualifier. So he was like, screw this.
1: Do you know what? I don't even think I want to name my nomination after that because it's just nowhere near as good. Okay. I dwelled on this for a while and I wrote a load down. I decided that I was going to go with my Arsenal hat on. Amazing. <laughs> and pick Jens Lehmann because he's actually like a really nice guy. Right. But on the pitch, he had this kind of like level of villainous mania about him. Ha 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 You know how like some of those supervillains are almost too normal? And that's the thing that makes them super scary.
0: If you watch Lex Luthor's small in Smallville, yeah. where Lex is so friendly, you're like, I can't imagine Lex doing anything evil. How are him and Clark enemies? How-? And it's like, Lex is so nice to the point where you're like, I can't see it. I don't see it. And then he's killed you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and everyone you know. Yeah. yeah. yeah that, that was yeah. my thinking with Layman. It's a little bit of a dry take. The one that I was I was thinking about going for was Renя Aguita, but he's a little bit more of a like a, a 50s kind of supervillain as opposed to like a real supervillain. He's
0: Jack Nicholson's Joker compared to Heath Ledger's Joker.
1: Yeah, Nicholson there was not like a a long running end game. It's too smiley. If Renя Aguita has like the stuffed tissue in the mouth for the smile. Yeah. You know, Roberto Rojas has literally cut his face.
0: Oh my God. I love this. Now here's a, well, here's a theory of villainy, right? And super villainy. Cause you might argue like René Higuita was too comedic, but the more comedic you are, you can be comedic as a super villain, but your villainy has to be far beyond the comedy level. Right? So if you look at like, for those listening, if you've ever watched those, the, that cartoon, the Powerpuff Girls, right? <laughs> and there's the evil villain called him. And it's the most terrifying, the most high-pitched voice wearing like a tutu and wearing heels and this high-pitched devil-type character. And they only call him him. And him is so terrifying because like any supervillain in that camp that these heroes are that afraid of has to be the worst. And I don't quite... I think that we've got... We're going to get onto, onto supervillains in this team who have that element of comedy, mm. but who are actually still nastier than
1: the comedy. We'll get into that. But See, I don't think Higita was nasty enough
0: no he wasn't exactly exactly yeah. that's why he's
1: just he's just a villain yeah yeah so are we gonna yeah. go with what well, we have to Rojas and goal yeah
0: so I would actually like Lehman on the bench because I want to keep it quite friendly so I think
1: are we gonna do a bench as well well I've got names for the bench all right should we pick a full bench so, so seven subs yeah Okay. All right let's do it let's have Lehman as our substitute goalkeeper who you got for right back
0: Claudio Gentile
1: <laughs> I just had to <laughs> he's on my list as well the great thing about my choices for right back or left back, apart from one of them, well, actually, all of them, you could put them at right back or left back. Amazing. And you could do that <laughs> for Gentile. Like, he could play left back yeah. as well. He had played left back, he played centre back. So, why, what's, what's your take on Gentile? Like, he was relentless. Like, I think a lot of the stuff he did wasn't a million miles away from players that you would see, like Vinnie Jones, but it was just done like he was holding a glass of red.
0: Exactly, and that's that's what I think elevates them to the true to the true level of
1: supervillainy. There's a class to it. If you're going to talk about dark arts, my god, this guy was like a uh, Razoo Ghoul. <laughs> Everyone would be sent to the thing in the mountains to train with Claudio Gentile. Do You know, I
0: love your analogy so much because this is the key to supervillainy. It's not just that you are the supervillain yourself Is whoever comes after you mm. so each of these people have to be capable of leading their
1: own school of villainy I think he was a pioneer I think you're right Gentile it is are we sticking him at right back or are we sticking him at left back I think we should put him at left back because for right back I had this whole team's just going to end up being like a football in suicide squad good <laughs> good that's what we're here for I had Danny Alves ooh
0: that's as a villain yeah as a supervillain That is interesting. And I'm I'm interested in your reasoning for that. That's interesting. That's interesting.
1: Who did you have as your left back? Let's do the full backs together. I had Paul Breitner.
0: (laughs) Paul Breitner, because he was just a party pooper and everyone believed in him. But then he went and like, just fell out with everyone. And he was just all about, not all about himself because he contributed to the team, but was also all about, he was as all about himself as a left back could have been. He was devastating from distance. He ran the line. He was terrifying. He could play as a midfielder, but, you know, left back was dangerous. And there's very few left backs that can play in an integrated format like that. Yeah, it's, for me, it's now. Just that attitude, that kind of brutal, mm. no holds bar.
1: don't care what you think of me, give me my money. Ooh, all right. Well, my reasoning behind Dani Alves was he hid in plain sight as a villain. Do you really know anyone who doesn't like Dani Alves, who isn't a Real Madrid fan?
0: He would have been one of my favourite footballers until quite recently. Mm. to hang out with
1: but this is my point he's scarily likable
0: yeah that you need to have a super villain who's scarily likable how about we put him at right back and then move gentile inside oh really yeah
1: dude do you understand how many center backs we've got to fit in this though yeah that's true i think we should go gentile at left back
0: and then uh, Alves at right yeah who are the center backs then let's do that let's i'm good i'm good with that
1: right you recommend one first Oh, well, Sergio Ramos has to be in there. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's just a no-brainer, right? (laughs) It's not
0: even... that He was the first name, first on the team sheet.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's an argument that you could put him and Pepe together as a pairing.
0: There is, although I wouldn't have Pepe.
1: No, 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 I wouldn't. I would think about him for the bench, though.
0: Yes, he's on the bench. Pepe's on my bench.
1: All right, the choice I had for centre-back was Andoni Goicachia.
0: The butcher of Bilbao. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. If him and Maldonar are in the same team, they've got to arrive in different transport each game and training session
1: well I thought about this though because I wondered whether it was going against our kind of thinking of being just too brutal
0: there has to be a strategy to it and there was with with, uh, Goy Kuchia like he wasn't just brutal he was he could play football but there was also a strategy to it he wasn't just a kicker and a clogger like none of the players that I've chosen are just cloggers and I'm sure you you either Mm. he's not my guy though he's not your guy no Franco Beresi's my guy oh yeah Franco Baresi.
1: That's really interesting. He's a
0: jewel thief. He's the kind of dude that organises the Ocean's Eleven in real life. You know, he is. Have you watched, you know, obviously in The Wire, mm. he's, the, he's the Greek.
1: Oh, Musa, that is a huge shout. Ramos and Beresi. Do you know the other one that I thought about, and I really thought about it, was Lucio.
0: Oh, yes, that would have been a great shout, Lucio. So are we good with Beresi? Are you good with Beresi?
1: Franco Beresi is going in the all-time supervillain Eleven. I can't believe I've just said those words.
0: Ha, 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 ha. Because it was the way he used to raise his arm for the offsides, and the way he was just like, "Oh, oh," he would kick you, he would nudge you off target. Oh no, he was such a gentleman. Oh no, it's okay. Oh no, no, and it was like you'd be like, "I think I got fleeced here." Like I haven't got many bruises, and that guy's socks are quite clean, but I think I've been
1: absolutely fleeced. And where's my watch? Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, so we've got a back four of Danny Alves, Franco Baresi, Sergio Ramos, and Claudio Gentili.
0: That is absolutely terrifying. <laughs> oh my.
1: God.
0: Wow. Midfield. Do you want to go first or shall I? You go first. Okay. I would like to nominate Mario Colunia. Benfica, 1966. Portugal go to the, um, I think, third place. They win. They are, they're runners up in two Inter- continental cup finals to Santos. They win two European cups and Colunia systematically was in charge of the removal of Pelé from that World Cup. Mm. So he could play football at an astonishing level. He was a brilliant footballer, could organise a a defence, could organise a midfield, really play, but could, could kick. Yeah. And they rotated the fouls on Pele as well. Like there were different players fouling him in that match.
1: Um, Rotational so fouling yeah. ahead of its time. Well, I suppose was, it wasn't ahead of its time actually at all. It was going on for years. <laughs> yeah, true. But it was, I mean, he really, he put it on the map. You didn't need to rotationally foul back then because you could, you could side people down <laughs> 10 times before you got a yellow. He's my guy at
0: defence midfield, uh, Mario Yeah, If you're playing in a three or yeah, he's my guy. Um alongside Graham Souness. Really? Yeah. Because Graham Souness talks a lot as a pundit about things players shouldn't do. And then you watch what Soonas <laughs> did in his career. And you remember you remember what Souness said. And even as a manager, to plant a flag in the middle of the opposition's pitch in the Turkish Cup final, that is a level of calculation. That is that is taking things to a level that is you know, you're starting a civil war at that point. That's the level that Soonis was thinking of. So he wasn't just a kind of rash, hot-blooded. He thought about how to actually destabilise and hurt. Mm. Graham Soonis is the closest thing in football to Bill Lambert in was in basketball. He is basically to like football, what Bill Lambert was to basketball. Like he's the, he the Detroit Pistons of, of football, if that makes sense.
1: I don't have anything better than that. Mine were two obviously just bad guys, I think.
0: Ryan, it's funny because I sat there last night thinking of this exercise and I was like, oh yeah bad guys and I was like wait a minute these people want to hurt you not just physically but also spiritually and some the bad guys you've named they're like they're like nice bad guys they'd be like oh shake your hand afterwards like but these ones oh I don't know you get home you might not even find your property there
1: (laughs) 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 well I think the the other choice that I was going to put and it He's a number ten, so I think we should play him in this midfield for the sake of it. It's obviously Diego. Amazing shout! I mean, it has to be. It has to be.
0: But I love that you've put him as a ten because he covered more ground than a normal ten. Like he actually was a really hard-working player. So if you put him in front of Colonia and Sunis, because what happens is Alves covers the entire right flank, right? Mm. Colonia and Sunis covered a wild amount of ground, and then Maradon in front of them. That midfield three is it's got everything: power, technique, vision. Strategy. I mean, very few players want any part of that.
1: That's a really horrible midfield. Horrible. And to be honest, I was thinking more along the lines of putting people like playing Keen and Vieira together. If you didn't support the teams that they play for, you absolutely despise them.
0: I almost put Keen in. I thought about Keen. Keen actually didn't make it into my first
1: team. Yeah, that's fair.
0: He didn't make it my first. I just thought, no, actually, if we're really going on this on a level of like, because Roy Keen's. Villainy was often detrimental to himself and cal- wasn't quite as calculated as Sunes's. Mm. Sunes went through a lot of things, but I think that Sunes basically, I think Keane destroyed himself more often than not. Whereas Sunes, you know, got his red cards, but he he was more in control of it. I felt, yeah, and was just an extraordinary footballer. This is a thing as well. Graham Sooners was an astonishing footballer, yeah, he was amazing. Inclusion in this team is also a compliment because the quality of these footballers I mean this was one of the best elevens, period, like everyone here could just ball
1: yeah, this isn't this isn't just a bunch of dudes who are going to kick the shit out of you, yeah,
0: yeah, I mean they could do that too, but they yeah,
1: they can yeah. do, but it's just one weapon in their arsenal,
0: okay, f- front
1: three, I can't wait for this
0: ha <laughs> ha, all
1: right, My first choice for the front three was. Haristo Stoichkov.
0: (laughs) That is incredible. (laughs) Oh my goodness. (laughs) Oh my goodness. That's so pure and so perfect.
1: And a very cult era supervillain. Yes. One that might not have existed at any other moment in time. But when people refer to their favourite movies in the franchise, he's the main bad guy and the one that no one really wants to admit is their favourite.
0: Do you know what I love about Stoichkov as a pick? He's like Ariel Ortega, but a Buffalo's body. Yeah, the dribbling style of Ortega—that kind of style where you just shove the ball forward, like three, four yards at a time, but the ball's always close. Mm. Storchkoff is like that. No step overs, nothing fancy. Just nudge it forward in pure acceleration with incredible balance. But the power and the thinking. Like, just super intelligent. And I had a different player.
1: Just before we move on from Stoichkov, there's an amazing quote about him from Cruyff. Wow. It said, I used to say he was nurtured with an evil milk.
0: <laughs> that is incredible. <laughs> you know, I even don't want to name who I was going to put there because it's so perfect to have Stoichkov there. I was going to, have, because I would imagine Stoichkov would be inside
1: right. Well basically I don't really care where any of these three play in theory because we'll fit him in.
0: My guy would have been Robin. Yeah, Iron Robin, yeah. He was on my list as well. <laughs> Iron Robin would have been one of my wingers, but he loses he is a total supervillain. But he loses out to my guy. Robin loses out to Stoichkov, for my other guy, my other winger.
1: Who's your other guy? Dejan Sevichevich. Oh, classic. Because
0: Sevichevich was just He fell out with everyone. Everyone. Every club, every manager he fell out with but they tolerated him because he was so brilliant. Like he was that good. He, he would go to like all these big clubs and go, I don't want to be like that guy, like that guy, like that guy. He would say all the stuff that Evan like couldn't stand. They're like, oh my God, he barely plays, he barely runs. He only does it when he wants to. But when he did it, he would absolutely tear you open to a level that. This is the thing, Savicovic so didn't have, you know, the one thing about against Robin is in terms of supervillainy, until he scored that winner in the 2013 final, he did a reputation for not delivering in huge matches. Mm. So seemed to raise his level in the best matches and scored impossible goals in the best matches. I mean, I can name, like, I won't bore you with it because you've heard this a thousand times, but the amount of games where almost nobody else could have made a difference. I mean, that, that famous Champions League final goal against Barcelona, where he lobs Subisirata, who's virtually on his own line. Yeah. What did he do to score that goal? He did what he never normally does. He pressed the fullback. Mm. he pressed the fullback one possession and then lobbed the guy from out on the right wing that's why he's my guy because he's just he was devastating on the counter against a deep line defense so I would put him over Robin
1: I'd put Robin on the bench
0: yeah me too me too just because these guys execute at the highest level that's my thing anyway
1: my other choice is probably the least surprising choice in this 11 apart from Sergio Ramos And I really hope he's on your list as well, because if he he doesn't get in this eleven.
0: We know he's in our team because we feel it in our souls.
1: You say it. Leading the line, Mr. Diego Costa. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: There's
1: (laughs) there's part of me.
0: There's part of me that only wanted to do this. (laughs) So (laughs) put him (laughs) last.
1: I mean, he's just got to be in there, hasn't he? It
0: exists. Do you know what? I reckon he's sitting somewhere right now with a cigar going, it is done. It is done. He, he, I think he felt it. I think that Diego... Are
1: you saying that Diego Costa's entire career has been leading up to being named in a fake 11 on a Stadio podcast?
0: No, I'm saying something different. I'm saying that he's basically Candyman. And whenever he hears his name in the world, in the universe, he feels summoned. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying wherever he is, whether you're playing FIFA and you choose to like... Choose his team, or whenever he gets bought in Football Manager, I think he feels it in his soul. He's like, "Ah, oh, I have been summoned again. I have been called to service." <laughs> That's, what I think,
1: it just had to be, right? I mean, do we even need to go into this? Or is there anyone who is not aware? Do
0: you know what Diego Costa is such a super villain. If you ever tried in a football court and they said, "How do you plead?" the judge would burst out laughing before he even said anything. <laughs> the judge would be like, "You've got a nerve!" He said, "I could tell you about to say not guilty." But you've got a nerve even showing up here. (laughs) I just think, yeah, Diego Costa is just my...
1: I have had such a complicated relationship with Diego Costa over the years. I think we all have. But I realised recently that I absolutely adore him. I love him. And I really shouldn't, but I really do. That's a super villainy because they make you...
0: You're not meant to love Bane. I love Bane. Bane's terrifying. Yeah. If I knew Bane was coming for me, like Bane never runs in the entire movie. In Dark Knight Rises. No, doesn't need to. He walks everywhere. He's got the timing of Cruyff. It's like a Terminator. Exactly. Right, exactly. He's the Cruyff of villainy. You never see Cruyff in a rush, man. Cruyff's your coach, isn't he? Cruyff's your- No, no,
1: no. (laughs) Hell no. (laughs) You kidding? Jesus. I was getting scared for a moment there. Um, No, no, I'm saving him for uh, another episode. Absolutely, me too.
0: Uh, Diego Costa, he has to be the guy. He's got to be. Front three of Stoichkov, Savicevic, and Costa.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That team, do you know what? It's it's a really good team. I'd love to watch them play football. So would I. I think I'd actually probably support them. I'd love to simulate that. Do
0: you know what? There was a way of simulating these players. Wow. Okay. That's amazing. Okay. Great, great, great. All good. Yeah. So we need to do our bench. So what we're going to do in the bench, we're going to six subs. Seven, right? Seven. Okay. We can do this fairly quickly. Um, Right. So we've got Jens Lehmann. Yeah. Paul Breitner. Yeah.
1: Do you want a centre back in there?
0: Yeah, why not? Uh, Pepe.
1: Oh, you want Pepe in there?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think you need that comic element, the comic relief.
1: Midfield. Roy Keane. Do you know who I thought about for midfield? Sergio Busquets. Do you know it's funny? Did you think the same?
0: I had two Barcelona players in midfield on my bench. <laughs> one was Sergio Busquets, one was Chavi.
1: Yeah, Chavi's naughty. Chavi's a supervillain. He is. Yeah, I think he's a supervillain. He is. Uh, Iniesta is a superhero. He is. Chavi just... is a supervillain. Right,
0: because Iniesta could have gone anywhere and went to Japan, and Chavi could have gone anywhere and went to <laughs> and, and also went to Qatar and backed it and like kept. I was like, wow, like, and just the things he said about it.
1: See, so yeah, actually- No, I mean that's 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 irrelevant though in this context because we're focusing purely from a footballing thing. Okay, but I thought I th- we've got to look at it from a footballing thing. I think
0: Chavi. Okay, I think Chavi was one of mine, but I would say. Midfielders, let's put Sergio Busquets there. I think that works.
1: I think it has to be Sergio Busquets. Yeah, yeah. So what we got? Uh, We got Lehman, Brightner, Pepe, Keane, Busquets. So we got two more from the strikers. Oh, I am Robin. Yes,
0: Robin. So we got one more. It's funny because I was going to put Raquel May in, but then I was like, he's not a villain. He's just bad-tempered. I got one. Who have you got? Zlatan. Oh my goodness. That's so perfect. That's perfect. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, that's incredible. Diego Costa is the only nine that could start ahead of Zlatan in this 11. He's the only one in the world because you look at someone like Luis Suarez, and Suarez is a villain and not a supervillain because there's not a kind of, it's not calculated with Luis Suarez. Do you know what I mean? There's not yeah. a kind of cult of supervillainy, and there needs to be a cult of something around them. All of these players have got a cult, a cult of villainy around them. What well, should we do a quick recap then for those who want to just get the rundown?
1: Yeah. So we've got in goal, Roberto Rojas, right back, Danny Alves. A centre-back pairing of Franco Baresi and Sergio Ramos. Left-back Claudio Gentile.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <I just> <laughs> a midfield deep-lying pairing of Mario Coluña and Graham Souness. Oh my goodness. With Diego Maradona playing ahead of them. Behind a front three of Christo Stoitskov, Dejan Cevichevic on the other flank, and Diego Costa as the nine.
0: That is...
1: <sighs> With a bench of Jens Lehmann, Paul Breitner, Pepe, Roy Keane, Sergio Busquets, Iron Robin, and Zlatan Ibrahimovic.
0: Can I say something? This is some of my proudest work. <laughs> this is some of
1: <laughs> Wow.
0: That is... Are we going to pick a coach? Yeah.
1: All right, so who have you got for your p- nomination for coach?
0: I would have thought Diego Simeone, but actually I think he was just, like Raquel May, he's not a villain. He's just a bad-tempered dude. He's very intense. Yeah. Um, so I actually would nominate Porto era, Jose Mourinho.
1: That's a big shout. I have a funny one here. Oh, go go for it. My curveball as a coach is Franz Beckenbauer. That is an extraordinary shout. Because there was something about him. and I don't know whether it's maybe just because of my age and the era, but there was something about that German side of 1990 and his whole get up that reeked the guy who's kind of running the crew from a supervillain outfit.
0: Right. That's an absolutely brilliant shout. Do you know why? Go on. The true supervillain has to be the one whose hand is not seen in it. And Mourinho has always been, there's always been an element of cartoon pantomime, right? Mm. You could see him. Beckenbauer, you could be on the same board as him for 20 years and not know Mm. what the dude was really about. I think Beckenbauer is an incredible shout. I'll go with that. You know, I was watching Batman Begins this morning, actually, and I was watching the scene where Batman goes to train, Bruce goes to train, and Ra's al Ghul is there, pretending he's not Ra's al Ghul. Mm. I think that's it. I think you're right. Beckenbauer is that guy. Because Mourinho screams villain, doesn't he? Mm. Like, but that's too obvious. In that context, he's a petty thief. But Beckenbauer, dude, I think that's brilliant.
1: I think Mourinho wants to be known as the most notorious villain around, but I don't think Beckenbauer gives a shit.
0: Beckenbauer's brilliant. Amazing. I'll take that. Franz Beckerbauer is the coach. Oh my God, that's amazing. (laughs) Amazing.
1: What I would love to do here actually is to throw it out to listeners. Yes. If you want to email us your 11s and a coach, stadiofootball at gmail.com. Send us an email with your 11s with a little bit of reasoning if you want. Paragraph tops. We won't be able to read out a lot, but let's try and read out a couple on the next one because I'd love to see what people came up with. Can we pick a home ground for this team? Absolutely, yeah. And I know exactly where you're going to go. Do you though? Yeah. Red
0: Star. Whoa, no. Red Star. Why? Okay, there's two reasons. The first one was, when they went on that run, I remember seeing going, like when I was watching those games, the European Cup going, that is a terrifying atmosphere. You see the flares and everything. And my friend went to the Partisan. he was a Partizan Belgrade fan. So he went to watch Red Star at the Derby at Red Star. And he said, Musa, honestly, I've never seen things like that. People were ripping up chairs from the concrete mooring, and these things were flying. He said that was the most hardcore, intense, like as a place to go and be intimidated. I thought there could be Bocker, because Bocker is like, you know, the bombonera on the drive on the way there, and it's intense. It's kind of Mestaya but then you've got that intensity within the stadium as well. But I thought Red Star of the 90s, to me there are some big atmospheres where it's not intimidating. You, get, you hear that a lot with football. There's players who go, oh yeah, like there's a big crowd, it's loud, but it's not actually intimidating. Like the Maracanã was huge, but it wasn't intimidating. Like the Uruguay beat them, uh, Brazil with a quarter of a million fans. It was huge, but it wasn't intimidating, but actually intimidating. So for me, my thinking was, what's the most intimidating home atmosphere
1: mm. and then the biggest crowd to bring about that atmosphere? So what was the stadium? I mean, what was the capacity?
0: Basically they, they cut it dramatically in the mid nineties. So after Red Star basically won, they got rid of all the standing stuff mm. and that brought everything right down. So it used to be huge. It used to be like eighty hundred thousand, used to be like Um, so it was that I was thinking that or the Bombonera. But what were you thinking?
1: I was thinking of the Ali Samien.
0: Oh, okay. Fair enough. The that. the
1: stadium that Galatasaray played in before they moved to their new one. I mean that was also I mean, Welcome to Hell Banners. I'm torn on this.
0: Well, I'm I'm look, Beckenbauer was such a great shout that I I will trust you on the Ali Samien as well.
1: I mean it doesn't really matter where they
0: play, right? No, but it's cool, but I think I think that actually I like the idea of it being somewhere which is It isn't around
1: anymore either.
0: And flares before matches. We could do it at La Bombonera, you know. Why not? We can't go wrong with Bombonera, you can't go wrong.
1: But for me for me I associate La Bombonera as a as a really amazing experience to get behind the team. Whereas I think the Ali Samien... I associate as their default is to just destroy the away team. Do you know
0: what? Ali Sami Yen, let's do it. Let's do it. Should we do it? Yeah, screw it. Let's do it. Let's do it. So
1: there we are. We've got it. Incredible. I think we need to take a break now. Yes, exactly. That's gone really long. We'll be back in a little minute. All right, we're back from the break after that mammoth first section. Oh, Moose is on the beer.
0: <laughs> oh my God, I've been called out. He, he <laughs> forgets that
1: I can still see him because we're on Google Hangout.
0: That's how we just slip under the radar.
1: Drinking on the job.
0: Oh my goodness, I've been outed.
1: All right, we're going to race through some suggestions from people for teams that we missed out on our, our greatest league of all time. Gareth Williams says, first time I've listened, really enjoyable. Thanks, Gareth. He said, would Clough's Forest get a look in? Yeah. I don't see why not. Yeah, why not? I mean, to be honest, all of these suggestions would probably get a look in and they're all really good. Joel at Billy Claver on Twitter said, can't believe the 0-2 Arsenal side was included, but not any Chelsea side from 0-5 to 2012. Pioneered 4-3-3, four Champions League semifinals, two finals and one win. Not to mention the defensive and goal scoring records we set in the Premier. Ah, uh, we is the giveaway here. He said, "We
0: Wow, interesting.
1: Wow. He's a Chelsea fan. No, I mean, he said all the domestic records they set and all the domestic trophies. Love the pod though. I mean, that's a fair shout, you know. I think the second, can I just say
0: this then? I think there's a bit of partisanship to say that because the late-year Chelsea sides were not of the same level. The second season, Mourinho, when they won the second straight, that's the most terrifying team I've seen in the Premier League. Mm. And when I say most terrifying... The reason why I would include specifically that second straight championship team was I remember looking at them and thinking they could win five straights. They looked so ahead of everything else. Mm. I remember writing a tactical breakdown of that 4-3-3 that Chelsea played and the genius of it was that they all played slightly different lines. So you had like Carvalho and Terry slightly staggered. You had the midfield three was slightly staggered. They weren't like a flat three. So like you had to get through like six or seven barriers of player before you got to Petr like, and by the time he got to him, it was exhausting. Um, so yeah, I think 4-3-3, the 4 3 Chelsea second season of Mourinho was absolutely terrifying. Yeah,
1: that's a good shout. The only reason I mentioned Arsenal was obviously because I'm an Arsenal fan, but I kind of went blank, to be honest, on a lot of domestic sides in, in England and was thinking more of sides outside of that. But yeah, good shout. One from Richard Hall. No place for Herrera's 60s inter.
0: Great shout. Can't like, really... Here's the thing, though. The one thing with that was... There was an aesthetic element. Like the Chelsea team played beautiful football. Actually, mm. they played some great stuff. Like they were gorgeous to watch at their peak, when Mourinho really let them just run, run right. And um, the Inter team, as great as it was, wasn't so often associated, as far as I could see, with beauty.
1: Mm. Well, he follows this up with, "What about the greatest ball playing team ever? Alan Buckley's 1983, 1984 Warsaw."
0: <laughs> well, absolutely. <laughs>
1: Cheers, Richard, for that one. That's good. Uh, one from Ursus Arctos. He said there should be a separate UEFA Cup type competition for teams that didn't quite reach the pinnacle 75 St Etienne, Ramos' is Sevilla, Hoddle's Spurs, Weissweiler's Gladbach, classic Dinamo Tbilisi. That's a good shout. I love that. Maybe we should do the greatest classic UEFA, UEFA Cup of all time. We should bring it back because, you know, I miss the UEFA Cup.
0: Well, in well, its kind, of... It's, we've got UEFA Cup.
1: Yeah, I miss the Cup Winners' Cup a lot.
0: The Cup Winners' Cup was great. So mm-hmm. to bring it back, Uefa Cup, yeah, classic Uefa Cup would be great.
1: One from Moncap on Twitter he said, "Should have had the FA Cup win in Wimbledon in there for variation, and take out Klopp's Liverpool." Oh, no, no, can't have no! Two no that's... T- can't have two Klopp's or two Liverpools, surely? That's actually fair, but yeah, we can. It's our league. It's our league, and we'll pick it if we want to. <laughs> it's my ball, and I'll play with it wherever I want. Exactly. <laughs> Let's have a look at some other ones. One from Keb Abbas. I'm obviously biased, but Atleti 2015-16 was a beautiful side that didn't get what it deserved. Yes, but beautiful. I mean, beauty is in the eye of the beholder.
0: I wanted that team to win that Champions League so much. And they had such a brutal route through the final and they almost slightly ran out of gas. And they needed a bit more to get them over the line. And it's funny because I would love Atleti. Yeah. But this atleti, weirdly enough, in the Champions League, the one that we've just seen, knocking out Liverpool, was in many ways because I just saw them like cut loose and score a bit, I feel quite warmy towards them. even though they've been actually quite boring in the league, actually, weird enough this year. Yeah. Like no one could argue they've been exciting to watch in the league. This Atleti, slightly more chaotic, going for broke, felt like the truest or the purest Atleti I've seen. Not the, not the best one. Don't get me wrong. Not the best one. Not the, they're not better than the league title winning side. The team which I've most got hyped watching. And I got hyped watching them in 15-16. Don't get me wrong. When they beat Bayern, Griezmann on the breakaway, that was great. But this felt, this gave me everything I needed. <laughs> if that makes sense. But no, no shame on that. That's a great shout. Don't get me wrong.
1: Yeah. Like we said, like none of these are bad shouts at all. A um, couple from Michael DeLuca on Twitter. 2001 title winning AS Roma, Montella, totti battistuta combo. That's a shout. Can't hate on that. He followed it up with also Celtics-Lisbon Lions of 67 beating Inter with a squad of players all born within the stone's throw of each other in Glasgow. I like that shout. Shout out to my friend Ben Coghill who hit me up the other day. He's from Glasgow. He's not a Celtic fan though. And he said uh, sent me a text saying there's a team you left out and I was, I was positive he was going to say 67 Celtic. And I said to him was it 67 Celtic? And he said no. It was a 2003 Celtic, the side that went all the way to the UEFA Cup final and then lost to Mourinho's Porto as a wild card. I thought that was quite a nice shout, actually.
0: Really nice shout, because that team was beautiful to watch. And mm. you had Henrik Larsson playing out of his mind. He was arguably, alongside Thierry Henry, the best forward in Europe. Yeah. There wasn't much between them at their peak, I think.
1: Uh, we had a couple of shouts for Raquel May's Bocca. We had a couple of shouts for 94 Barcelona. We had a couple of shouts for. Uh, this one's from Evans Ogbebor. He said he also liked PSG's Okocha and Ronaldinho teams. They won nothing, but they were just beautiful to watch. That's fun. Yeah, can't go wrong with that. Um, Aola says Sven's Lazio side of the early 2000s. Hey,
0: that's a lovely shout. That's a lovely shout. But then again, I, I thought about them. I didn't mention them, but mm. I thought Parma. I preferred Parma to them,
1: yeah. actually. But yeah, there were loads of shouts. Thanks to everyone who suggested the ones that we missed out. Great fun. Should we get out of here?
0: Yeah, let's get out of here. Let's do it. Let's Let's do do it. It.
1: All right. We'll be back on Monday. Don't forget to download the FocMob app. We'll be posting a follow-up to the Super Villain 11 in the next couple of days. And don't forget, if you can leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, it really helps us grow the podcast. You can hit us up on Twitter at Stadio, at StadioFootball on Instagram. Stadio.Football is the website. And we are playing out with DAF Brothers. Uh, I kind of lost a couple of musical heroes this week within the space of 24 hours. Gabby Delgado from DAF and also Manu DiBango. Um, we thought we'd play it on DAF because maybe people would be less familiar with this than the Manu DiBango stuff. But yeah, stay healthy. Wash your hands. Anything to add, Musa Kwanga?
0: Stay hydrated, kids. Stay hydrated. I know I'm drinking, <laughs> I, I, I'm drinking beer, so do as I do and not as I drink. Um, But I have hydrated previously. I'm off to cook now as well. Some very healthy food. Do it. Um, Yeah, yeah, can't wait. Uh, Yeah, but stay well, everyone. An absolute pleasure to have you with us. And stay safe till the next time.
1: Have a good weekend. We'll be back on Monday. See ya. Let's play. Let's play. Let's play. Let's play.
0: Let's play like we were brothers. Let's play like brothers too. Let's play like we were brothers. Let's play like brothers too. I made a promise.
1: You made one too. You made one too. I said I love you. Do you love me
0: too? you love me too, like brothers too, like brothers too,
1: me and Gabby, we are brothers,
0: brothers from a different father, me and brothers, we are brothers. Brothers from a different
1: mother Together we can play Together we can play Like brothers do Like brothers do